Ladies and gentlemen, welcome finally back to the Our Liverpool FC podcast. I'm your host, Joey, otherwise on Reddit known as Micro P. Chetta. And boy, is it good to be back. Long time no talk, Reddit. Uh, what's wonderful about today, though, is we got the original boys back together. Plastic, Chris, great to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a long time, and it's good to be back. Isn't it really? Guys, remember that intro music, though, our awesome intro music comes from user Alistair667, his band The Clams. Remember, go check them out on SoundCloud or anything like that. They're up there. Pretty great stuff. Uh, Clams with a K. Clams with a K. That's That's a good point. Um, First off, everybody, sorry for such a long break. I was just saying uh, plastic right before this. I looked on SoundCloud the other day, and I noticed it's been seven months since we last posted anything, uh, and there's a bit of reason for that. One, this summer, I was just lazy and working the whole time, so I was like, ah, I don't really have a lot of time. Uh, two, at the beginning of the season, I was out in the wilderness, actually. Uh, no phone, no nothing, so I was out there for a while, kind of exploring around and doing the whole mountain man thing for a while, <laughs> uh, and then I've been back in school actually so that's kind of taken up a fair amount of time as many of you can imagine uh yeah that's my story i guess and i got doxxed so that was fun i spent two months trying to stay off the grid i should have joined you on your little trip actually yeah dude we could have been out there together just completely off could the have grid been. disconnect cut the cord yeah oh. so i mean i haven't actually told anyone what really happened with that i i uh I banned a guy who was openly, I mean, his username was Klopp is shit. So, I mean, that was a bit of a red flag to begin with. But then he started just saying the most horrible stuff uh, and talking about um, how this was an alt account and his first one got banned for something. Or And, and I basically messaged him and said, look, I, you're not allowed to evade bans like that. I'll contact the admins. About two weeks later, um, I got a Facebook message from this guy uh, and a and a Reddit um, message from this guy uh, with um, my name, my in real life, a close family member's name uh, in real life, and making threats to um, call the police for accusing me of things that I won't go into, but um, which obviously aren't true. Just to clarify, <laughs> but you know, it's the kind of threats that if you if you make them to the police and people hear about it, you're kind of done for anyway, uh, even if they aren't true. Um, so with that in mind, I just kind of thought I'd go off the grid for a little while and, um, uh, cause it's one of those weird innocuous things that just seemed like nothing banning somebody for being stupid on Reddit seems like nothing, but this one just happened to find some kind of vendetta against me. Um, but it seems like that's all behind us now, hopefully. I've heard of Reddit, Reddit grudges, by the way. Yeah. I've heard of yeah, Reddit grudges people. before, but this is like a whole new level of Reddit grudge. I mean... Mm-hmm. I can see people going on there and just being like, oh, yeah, well, your mom's fat. Some little 10-year-old, like, sitting in his parents' basement just like, oh, yeah. Uh, but, like, that's a whole nother level. I mean, that's... <laughs> it could have still been, you know, someone in their basement in there <laughs> just doing okay, that. the thing is, that's probably what it was. I think the age is a little bit different because what 10-year-old's going to go that far? Actually, uh-huh. it is 2016, almost 2017. You never know with the youth these days. Exactly. Well, I mean, and their Reddit, their uh, Facebook account. When I saw that, was dedicated to a certain um, current right-wing, far-right-wing political icon that's in the news a bit at the moment. <laughs> and uh, he was using a lot of that rhetoric to, against me too. Um, Isn't that fun? Yeah, Is my Reddit it? history has a bit of lefty stuff in it, so that's that's probably why. 
Yeah. Uh, I really hate that stupid green frog, though, for the record. Uh, it's... Um, but we won't put, we won't go on that because we don't want to talk about politics. No, politics ain't what this is about. What this mm-hmm. is about is football. And before we get to anything Liverpool related, first, before we get anything else started, we'd like to say that on behalf of both Chris and myself and everybody else uh, who helps support the Our Liverpool FC podcast, that our thoughts and prayers really go out to the family and friends of everybody involved in the uh, Chepequense tragedy. Uh, as a club that's been through some incredible tragedies ourselves, uh, we'd like to extend kind of our support to the club in any way we can. So if anybody knows of any great ways to support, uh, we'll be looking into other ways of either donations or whatever we can to try and help out because, you know, we've seen when we've been through tough times that have been uh, others have come to our aid and especially with, you know, a great Brazilian presence on our team that uh, I think it's such an important thing for all of us to kind of realize that, you know, this is just a game, but when something like this happens, uh, you know, the whole world mourns together. And we are not, uh, we're not, you know, what's the word, I guess. What I'm trying to say is this is Liverpool Football Club, and when we say you'll never walk alone, it's not just for us. It's for anybody in the world that's been touched by tragedy um, and that we would really like to be sincere and, and just let everybody know that, you know, we're there with them in any way we can be. Agreed. There are certain things that transcend football, and this is most definitely one of them. Absolutely. Um, So, moving on from there, uh, I guess we can't just do a regular podcast. We have to talk about, you know, quickly the season so far, uh, because we have kind of missed about 14 games in the uh, league so far. But with that, in the Premier League, uh, nine wins, three draws, two losses. It's 30 points total. We're only four points off first with that unfortunate loss today. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're a scoring machine, and, and that's been working for us with 35 goals, uh, 18, I mean, 35 goals for us, 18 that we've allowed uh, for which have been today. So going in today, that record was a little bit better. Uh, but that's a 17 goal differential, which is still pretty good. I mean, we, we have the most goals for in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but defense has been a little, a little shaky, uh, at times, especially today. I think today kind of inflates some of those stats a little bit, but Chris, tell me thoughts so far on the season. I'd have been delighted with this. If, if somebody had come to me before the first game and said, 14 games, nine wins, three draws, two losses, 30 points, uh, and we're, you know, four points off first place. I'd, I'd have snapped your hand off. I'd have, I'd have taken that immediately. And uh, looking at how we are going forward, 35 goals. Um, I mean, not so long ago, and perhaps this has stalled a little bit, but people were talking about this being a 100-goal season. Um, defensively, yeah, we've looked a little frail, but with Matip in, in, in the team, we look, you know, a lot more solid. Um, especially over the last seven or eight games, I think they've really kind of gelled as a as a back four. Um, Milner's grown into the position. Um, yeah, he really is. But I mean, to be honest, my I, I question the depth in the team. Really, you know, we lose Coutinho, we lose um, uh, Lalana for a little bit, um, and uh, obviously Matip today was a huge loss. Interesting bringing Lucas into the position. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about this match later on. Interestingly, yeah. Lucas in, but I think going forward, um, depth is really going to be the word that rings out, regardless of whether we have European football or not, yeah. which we don't, obviously. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, we're still in three competitions. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, uh, that's we're a lot. That's a so lot of games to play for the rest of the season. We've, uh, you know, at least got two more in the League Cup, uh, yeah. one more in the FA Cup, uh, and that's not started yet. No. Um, so yeah, we, we sh- we'll be playing a decent amount of games. Yeah, I mean, our January schedule, even this December, we're pretty jam packed. We're got plenty, plenty of football ahead of us, which is great for us mm-hmm. as fans. I mean, the more football, the better, in my opinion. I love just being able to get on and, and watch as much as I can. Yeah. But with that, though, can we talk about a title challenge, or is that kind of reaching too far right now? Because, I mean, think about last season. We finished ninth place, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> we're in third place right now, and people are getting angry that, you know, we've dropped two games, we've lost two, and it's almost, at times it feels like unrealistic expectations considering where we were last year. And yes, by the end of it, we turned around we were a goal-scoring machine starting to get on that path, starting to get the gears turning a little bit. We made it to the final of the Europa League, which was great, but I don't want to go back there because that just is painful. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're third place four points off with, you know, I believe the most goals scored. And, I mean... Whew. Well, I mean, on our day, we're looking great as well. Yeah. Like I mean, even today, and the, the thing is, we look great. We look great going forward. We have we have some great um, moments on the pitch, but when we when we lose or when we do poorly, we can always pinpoint exactly what it seems to be that's falling down for us, and that's that's I think important. That's kind of promising going forward. That if um, Klopp can obviously see it as well and he will obviously be doing what he can to um, rectify all of those things yeah I think you bring up a really good point there last season it was always oh well we have these several problems of last season it was mm-hmm. set pieces it was we were poor in the left back position our back line wasn't quite as strong as it could be uh, we didn't exactly have much pace on the wings or anything like that to be able to really yeah. beat defenders down the side and be able to push down towards the touchline and be able to um, uh, be able to really, I don't know, press on the uh, fullbacks, I guess. We we didn't do a good enough job of that last season. I mean, Milner was pretty great last season of being able to get mm-hmm. down deep and put in some good crosses when he was playing yeah. up farther on that right side. But I think, you know, now we do have Mane, who's like, yeah. you know, I was saying this to my brother while watching the game today. I always feel like Mane is like, has an extra gear that he just doesn't want to show everybody because mm-hmm. he knows that he's waiting for that one moment where he's just going to blast off and just like leave everybody in the dust so, so hard. He looks exhausted at the moment, though. I mean, I think that's he's been played into the ground, and I think the injuries... And, and here we go, depth. That's one thing that's progression. Last, last season, we were worried about not having enough pace on the wings. Now we're, I'd say, worried about not having much, uh, enough depth on the wings. So we have those pacey players now, but one of them leaves as Mane is going to in January. Yeah. You know, we worry we worry about replacing them. We worry about playing the same style of football with maybe players in those positions that don't fit what we need to do. Um, yeah. So I've lost the train of thought there of what your original thing was. I wanted to make that point that it was oh, no, last no, no, season no, no, no. pace this season. That's perfect. Um, but I guess. Uh, another point that I wanted to make before we move on to talking about some of the other matches is um, Henderson is really, really good. I mean, uh-huh. look at his stats from this season. There's nobody that even comes close to the amount of passes he makes. And, mm-hmm. I mean, wow. 
from last season of some people saying that, you know, maybe he shouldn't be in our starting 11, that Chan needs to be in at all times, that... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And I Chan's mean, the one with the question mark over his head this exactly. year, I'd say. Exactly. And everybody last year, like, you know, saying, you know, Chan is Klopp's golden boy, which, yeah, you can see he fits the model mm. of, you know, that German midfielder, big, strong, athletic. I mean, the guy's showing his pace even more this year. You've seen some of those. That goal that he had, uh, like, a week or two weeks ago where he literally sprints and gets that nice header in. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he definitely has his moments, and then but then he, he can be anonymous in certain games as well. Exactly. Um, Henderson's found that um, consistency this season that he, he had previously. We all knew was in him. Um, I think yeah. a lot of people weren't sympathetic to the fact that he was coming back from injury. Well, um, he was injured the whole season essentially with his ankle and everything because exactly. he had that. Um, he needed to rupture whatever that was called. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not doctors. <laughs> yeah, it was like flash attendant or whatever. Yeah, one of them. What a, yeah, one of those guys. He was, was the whole season playing with an injury. That It was either keep him out for a long time and have no Henderson or have him on occasion. And not he didn't have any kind of consistent playing time to build up his confidence to, to get any kind of run of form going. And I think people weren't sympathetic enough to that fact and they were writing him off. Not everyone, but there were enough people who were writing him off for... Um, um, seemingly no reason to be honest and I hope they feel a little silly this year yeah I, I totally agree with that um, he's been so so wonderful the guy I mean you look at him when we're just kind of moving the ball around and setting something up he drops down so deep for a while and like he's almost playing in the back three for a little bit and just orchestrating all this passing and all this movement around him and then yeah. he pushes forward the only thing I would say he does lack is a little bit of presence around the box itself yeah. Um, I mean, yes, he has scored a great goal already this season, and it was huh. beautiful. It's a bit of an understatement. Yeah, I mean, that's a goal of the season contender right there. Um, yeah. But with that, I mean, that's the one thing that I would like to see a little more from him is a little bit more presence around the box. But at the same time, with the role that he's playing right now, of playing that kind of a little bit more holding midfielder, uh, now that we're playing more of this 4-3-3 formation... Yeah. That's what he's got to do, and I think that when we're setting up with Wijnaldum and Lalana playing with him, that allows them to get forward more, and I think without uh -huh. him like lying back like he does right now, it doesn't allow them to be as creative as they have been, Right, which has been great. And speaking of those two, wow. I yeah. mean, Wijnaldum, for me, has been one of the most consistent performers. He gives me a 7 out of 10 every day, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, he's so he's solid. He's, he's solid, and, and that's he's, exactly what that's you like need. his benchmark. He can be exactly. He's, he's never going to give you below a six. Never yeah. ever going to give you below six. His average is going to be about a seven, but on his days, he's going to give you an eight or a nine or a ten, like we've yeah. seen him do at Newcastle. When you know we had that day when he had like four goals or whatever it was. Yeah, to count on his ten, <laughs> but um, you know he's doing well. I mean, even yeah. in some of these Which, matches, he's his passing ability is great. He moves into open space so well, and then he's also cutting off so many passing lanes. That's great. Lalana, yeah. though, oh wow! Yeah, Lalana's really coming to his own. Oh. Where's that Suarez teeth now, eh? Yeah, Lalana teeth. Shout out to that user. Um, <laughs> God, yeah, I no, he's he's really you know he's. <clears throat> He's been brilliant this year. I'm so pleased for him as well because he's had he's had it hard the last kind of yeah. year and a half, hasn't he? That's two years. He's been good. He's been yeah. good, but he's not just... been the the player that we uh, expected him to be or thought he was, or you know, showed and demonstrated at Southampton. Um, he's worth the money. 
though, and I, I think a oh, big yeah. part of that is Gosh. he hasn't been able to play in a position that's really suited him and been able to get the most out of him. And you think, you think about before when we were playing, he was, you know, Coutinho was playing in the middle for the most part. And for him, <laughs> he needs to be a little more central. So a lot of times when he'd come in, he'd have to drift out more right. For me, uh, he needs to play a little bit more central and be able to, you know, play that good passing game that he does. And his first touch is just, you know, second to none. And, and he's, 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 he's dribbling, though. I mean, it's like the ball's glued to his shoes. It's, it's, it's amazing it the way he can. No, you can't. And he, he just winds his way around in the box. And whether he gets a shot in or not, and he has scored this year, he's, he's really added that to his game uh, more than he has previously. But he gets into positions in the box and um, and just gets that final ball in. And t- players just can't get to him. They can't take it off him. He, he just winds his way around the whole time. Oh, yeah. Joey's smiling right now because my cat's just made yeah, a way into the camera. he's staring at me at the screen right now. He's like, who the heck is this guy? Yeah, it wouldn't be Reddit if there wasn't a cat reference somewhere. No, there wouldn't. I mean, bring on the cat memes, please. Uh-huh. Um, more the better. Not on a subreddit because they're banned, and that would just keep me busy. That's true. Um, yeah, Actually, I'm not going to say do it, everybody, because I don't want to make Chris's work harder, but <laughs> do it. It's all right. Um, I've got Felbridge to do everything now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, Felbridge, everybody, by the way, that guy deserves a lot of credit. Not only does he do so much work for the main subreddit, but he's also such an integral part of our team, helps us out. I mean, I can't do any of the the website stuff on Reddit and then being able to do all the formatting he does. The guy's a, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, tech yeah. is. And, and Sylvie as well. She's come on. She's been great. Yeah. Um, so thanks to Sylvie and to Felbridge. Uh, Felbridge in particular, um, showing myself up a bit here, but if you look at the mod log on the website, uh, on the subreddit, uh, and see which moderators have done the most individual mod actions in the past year, Felbridge is already number one. <laughs> I mean, that might, it's, it's a lot because he does editing of the, uh, I mean, the banner as well. Nobody's pointed this out yet, but that banner changes all the time, I, the side, both sides of it. It's incredible. I remember when we were doing the R Liverpool FC test, uh, when there was like 100 people or whatever invited to that, and I pulled my whole, hey, I run the podcast, I should be invited on this uh, card. Yeah. And so then I got in on that, and then, like, the first time I went on there and seeing, like, oh, wow, I can click any of the stars, and it'll take me to just all these great links of, you know, showing when we won all these different competitions, and, I mean, wow. It's yeah. it's really yeah, incredible. It's, it's a really he's nice, done. Uh, he's done some great work. Yeah, he really he has. He, he has. We had some help from uh, Otulp and from uh, JWL 1092, I think, as well. They helped us with the, uh, the, um, test subreddit to get everything set up yeah. i was there in spirit <laughs> just uh you know some yeah. kind words felbridge could you make the match threads red that'd be nice <laughs> that would look good <laughs> um oh boy um one last thing though before we get to uh reviewing any of the matches uh i'd just like to point out that the scum are such shit and i love it this year I mean, uh, Jose Mourinho, you, you watch any of his interviews right now, and it's just, oh, Manchester United are the most unlucky club in the world. I don't think it's yeah. unlucky when you have the most expensive transfer in history. You've got the guy who has, you know, I believe more goals in France than any other man ever in Zlatan. He's, uh-huh. one of the, he's a top five striker in the world. I mean... He, he's a proper knobhead, though, isn't he? Yeah, he really <laughs> I is. mean, I know the soccer subreddit loves it, but actually that says a lot to me. But um, yeah, I, I can't stand him. Um, used, uh, it's great. It's kind. Of, it's really fun to watch. It is. I mean, it's more so fun to just watch the antics. I mean, the guy's been 
kicked off the pitch, what, like three, four times now? Yeah. Like Mourinho. He's, I mean... <laughs> we, he wasn't there today. I didn't get to watch the... It was 1-1, right? 1-1, United, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he literally got up in the middle of his uh, uh, post-match interview and was just talking about, like, oh, we need to score more goals. That's it. We're unlucky. You know, we can't keep hitting the post. That's what Manchester United does. We hit the post. Dude, no. Like, you bought Henrik Mkhitaryan. Use him. You finally used him today, and you're not even, like, putting your players into the right positions to be able to do stuff. You have some of the highest quality talent in the league, yet you can't do anything with it. And, I mean, at some point, yes, you have to say the players need to, you know, put it in the back of the net. But at the same time, a manager's the guy who puts them out there and tells them the instructions of what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the guy makes one mistake and then they get pulled off immediately for the next match. I mean, there's no wonder these guys are out there, you know, they look like they're afraid to play. They're afraid to make a mistake. So they're not being creative. They're not playing open, expansive football like he's trying to say that they're trying to do, which, uh, yeah, good joke. But, I mean, it's 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 really sad almost for some of these really high-quality players because, I mean, you watched Mkhitaryan when he was at Dortmund. Wow, what a player. Paul Pogba, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the numbers speak for itself. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. 90 million number, that one? Or is it, was it more than that? Oh, I believe it was over 100, actually. But, uh, Good Lord. Yeah, uh, most expensive transfer in history. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know what? I didn't pay them that much attention. I kept hearing about these, you know, big transfers, and I despise Mourinho, obviously, and it's hilarious. I actually worry. I said this on the soccer subreddit. I, I worry for his mental health. You know, I mean, he's under a ton of pressure. He's he's had a terrible season at Chelsea. He's not started well at United. He's spent an awful lot of money, and you see him making these rash decisions. You see his kind of fractured, nonsensical post-match threads. And we should probably move off United, otherwise we're going to get these delusional tags. Uh, not delusional, obsessed tags or whatever. But, whatever. Um, I mean, it's kind of relevant because we might, if we can find a way to beat... Um, uh, who we got in the League Cup semi-final? Uh, uh, they have Hull, we have... Um... Why can't I remember this? Yeah, um, we... I've talked you into not remembering it now because I can't. Yeah, uh... I was, and I was just. Thank you. Yeah, because they beat uh, Arsenal night two 0 Yeah. Um, yeah. So we might, if we can find a way past uh, Southampton, uh, end up against them in the final. At the L. Whoa! Do Hall, not though. underestimate Hull, uh, please. I mean, I, I never would. It's a lovely city. It. Oh, it wow. really isn't. I was about to say, <laughs> never been. So you're speaking on behalf of me here. Uh, wow. I have been. Yeah, I nearly went to college there. Wow. Yeah. Good Glad I didn't. I went to Newcastle. That was much nicer. Hooray. Um, anyway, But let's on. just remember that Jose is the special one, so that's all yeah, we need to say. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's going to you know, do something great to show us all just how amazing he is. Um, I think everyone's going to bear with us a little bit today, by the way, because we've... Everyone's going to bear with us a little bit today because we've we've not caught up in like seven months. <laughs> so yeah, like we've had a text here and there, like every couple of weeks, just like, "Hey, how yeah. you doing? Great. You thinking about coming back? No, I'm busy. How are you? No, I'm still off Reddit. Okay, uh, talk to you next week." Um, yeah. So you know, this is this is uh, half catch up, half podcast. Well, yeah. actually, it's ninety percent podcast, ten percent. That's pushing it. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get to the real stuff. All right. First, yes, we're going to cover the the league cup, but. but Two 0 win versus Leeds puts us on to the next round. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, what is this basic scoreline? Classic two 0 
I mean, are we, th- that doesn't sound like Liverpool. I mean, that doesn't, was three clean sheets in a row, which, by the mm-hmm. way, I'll get to that later because ugh, I'm, I'm going to call that guy out. Um, but anyway, bright spots of the match for you. Kind of what, what did we do well out there? Um, I, you know, we had the youth, really, would be my highlight. Seeing Trent Alexander-Arnold doing, I mean, that final ball for that. Oh, God, it was brilliant. He was fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to put Origi in that bracket as well. I thought he played really well. Um, I thought he was kind of a bit of a talisman at the front there. Um, and he was, he held the ball up well. He got in behind them really well. And he, his link-up play was fantastic, which is surprising because today he couldn't link a daisy chain. But last week, or earlier in the week, he was he was really good. Um, I mean, and that that goal, the, the Woodburn goal, the youngest ever scorer knocking... Um, dickhead off his perch yeah some you yeah. know scummy player that we've once had um mm-hmm. wait God. that's our uh, that's our ambassador you're talking about oh, i mean <laughs> what in the ugh, yeah, i don't even not, want like yeah. that's just we've painful just to hear about. that ugh, but uh but yeah i mean <laughs> i mean woodburn that was a brilliant finish as well nice calm finish right yeah the top i mean that was so beautiful i mean that even takes me to one of the comments just from user second doctor uh, good username, by the way. Uh, his comment just on the post-match there was, Alexander Arnold did a grand job and Woodburn scored. Things look good for the future. I mean, yeah. yeah, things look good for the future. I think we're finally seeing, you know, the the fruits of the academy coming together. Of, you know, we started speaking to see it last academy. season. Of Sorry, I'm show. totally interrupting you here, but Go speaking of the academy, Stephen Gerrard. Oh, yeah, okay, that's coming up. <laughs> uh, let's talk about that now. Oh, wait, have you got, uh, maybe I didn't read no, your No, 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 let's talk about that now. Well enough. All right, let's, okay. Let's talk about it now. Um, like, wow. Uh, Stevie G I'm so announces retirement, and, you know, for about two weeks, I'm going on the Liverpool subreddit, and every time I go on, I end up getting misty-eyed and, and choked up because every day I find a new Steven Gerrard tribute, and I'm just like, oh, my God, why is he gone? Um, <laughs> but now, I mean, yes, this, to me, feels like, you know, bringing on an era of, you know, what it used to be of promoting from within of you know finding the yeah. guys who are passionate the about the club the and exactly and you know this is how you bring trophies about in my opinion is yeah. you need guys mm-hmm. that have passion for the club not just a guy who's there you know because you pay him a lot of money or whatever um like you know we've talked about another manager already um but yeah it's it's wonderful, really, is what I'm it is. I'm hoping that that's what it nurtures, that kind of... You know, you talk about the boot room here, you've got Shankly, you've got Paisley, you've got Dalgleish, you've got uh, Roy Evans to be the last one, Julio being the first one out of that boot room to, to take over from him. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that that kind of culture begins to to come back in. And Gerard's going to know people, and Gerard's going to hold a lot of sway as a name. Um, and I'm hoping that kind of culture of Liverpool Football Club begins to um to breathe from him and he can learn from Klopp and he can I mean he's going to have to extol that same vision that Klopp is wanting in the first team because his players are going to have to obviously progress into that yeah um but you know I mean when was the last since Gerard and Carragher left we haven't really seen a scouse or at least an academy player really dominate in the first team I can't really think I, I can't think of anyone Flanagan would be one of them yeah, but, but he's, he's not with us this season now. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, last season we had bright spots from Ojo um, and Brannigan. 
I know Joe's back recently. Was, yeah, um, he's back from injury, which is great. In the under twenty threes, he played a game. Yeah, uh, and that's nice. Uh, but I, I am actually, you know, I have more hope for our academy now. I have more hope that some Scouse players, even though you know the likes of Woodburn isn't, but um, I'm hoping some Scouse players begin to to work their way through, and at least some academy players. I'm hoping that we can we can find a way because it's almost embarrassing. There are certain clubs around the, Europe who are producing players and selling players. Um, regularly that are bringing players through when was the last time that we made real money off of somebody that came through our academy yeah I mean Sterling <laughs> and Diddy he wasn't with us for that long I suppose no, it was maybe he wasn't. 16 or 16 I mean, how, long was, how long was I with us too he got sold for what 15 to Bournemouth yeah I never had much hope for him got yeah. the down votes I took on that one yeah I mean <laughs> nor Markovic either no yeah Markovic Mm. Oh man, I wished he would have done well for us, but just yeah. Not. I mean, pacey anybody that yeah. puts on a, a Liverpool shirt, I always hope does well, no matter what. Yeah. In, until you know they start bad mathing the club, like some player who went to League One recently. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, look, and, and you're going to love this transition. It's going to be silky smooth here. Ooh. But I'm going to say about youth. I felt like we were maybe missing one senior player against Leeds in the middle of the park. I felt like, I mean, and Azaria had about 15. I mean, maybe this is because I read the Anfield Rap article earlier and they talk about this as well, but I totally agree with them and I was reading it nodding my head. Um, I felt like we were missing a player in the middle of the park, a senior player, and I felt like that center, central spine was not quite as strong as it could have been at times for, the, for, for Leeds United to come to, to Anfield and, and perform the way they did. I mean, huge credit to them. I don't like Leeds at all, um, but credit to them. Um, but yeah, I felt like we were missing one in the middle. Azaria played fantastically for about 15, 20 minutes in the first half, and I'm not no underestimation I'd say that he played as one of the best his 15 minutes because is among the best 15 minute spells of any player in <laughs> in uh, Liverpool this season um, Mane looked knackered um, yeah. but Trent Alexander-Arnold speaking of our youth the, the left back uh, right back right he back. is perhaps the reason that Klein hasn't um, been brought any first team back up this year which I love I, yeah. I I would love for us to not have to go out and spend money because we have youth players coming up. The more that we can save on that and and you know not have to go out and spend this big cash on you know on these players until we absolutely need to so that way we can bring the youth through so that way we, you know we don't have to go out and buy three four guys with the money that we could spend you know on one guy that really would fit into our system perfectly and yeah yeah. Maybe we have to spend an extra $10 million on him, but I would much rather do that, in my own opinion, and be able to continue to bring guys up through the academy so that way we do bring up you know, depth at these other positions. And when we find out that, you know, oh, you know, we need a guy to play out on that right wing from when Mane leaves, we have cover at all these other positions because mm-hmm. of the academy. We have, like you said, Trent Alexander on at the right back. We have Ovia Jaria in the midfield. Azaria we have Woodburn, Woodburn, you know, to be able to go up and play farther forward. But yeah, he still can play in the mm-hmm. midfield as well. But the farther we play, I think the better, in my opinion. I think Woodburn changed the game when he came on as well. Oh, I think he, he looked fantastic. I think he filled it filled something that was sorely missing in the final third for us. Uh, obviously, the goal very smoothly taken, oh, wow. uh, but it was really laid on a plate for him, which was beautiful. Um, but speaking of like spending a lot of money on fullbacks. Moreno, what do you think of him? I didn't think he was bad. 
It, it wasn't terrible, but I just want to... Every time he shoots from outside the box, I want to slap him across the face. He thinks he's John Arisa half the time, I think. I mean, he sees that he's playing out there, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to rocket one in here. Oh, wait, it's, you know, 20 yards right, or, oh, it's 20 yards high. Well, ginger might be about the only colour he hasn't dyed his hair, to be honest. Maybe you should try it. Oh, well, no offence, Joey. Yeah, oh, okay, <laughs> now you're throwing it out there. But no, hey, I think, it, I think anyway. it wouldn't help. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. You know, I think it'd be good for him. He almost. should try it. He should join the ranks. He's yeah. gone. He's gone brunette. Now he's a little blonde <laughs> in there. You know, you might as well hit all the spectrum. Exactly. Yeah, rainbow hair. Yeah. You should do it. Or you know yeah. he's got to just go old man and just already go salt and pepper and get it going gray. A little <laughs> little just for men touch of gray. That's yeah, I'd what like he that. Needs. A little Schweinsteiger in him. Okay. Ooh, uh, yeah, I would take that all day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another funny situation over there that we won't talk about. But no, anyway, we could literally talk about United and all their troubles for like a whole we really other shouldn't podcast, though. But I don't want God, to they would because, go to town on it. Oh, it's don't want to. And plus, you know, I'd like to keep a little bit of respect here and there. Oh, there's no respect for them. There's but, no, you know respect but, for ourselves by not yeah, talking about them. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, but anyway. Uh, we had great goals in that game. One from mm-hmm. Origi and another from Woodburn, as we said, the youngest score now. Yeah. That goal from Origi, uh, all credit to Trent Alexander-Arnold. That ball, yeah. I don't think I've seen a better ball come into a player this season. No, no, absolutely brilliant ball. It was perfect. <laughs> I mean, it was spot on. It the was way, right there The weight of the ball, the way that he actually mm-hmm. gets it to bend around that last defender and right into Origi where only he could get it. I mean, that's the, uh-huh. that's the important thing. Only he could get it. The defender couldn't get it, and the goalkeeper could not get it. It's perfect. It was. It was beautiful. I mean, there's not there's not a lot to say about it. It was absolutely just a spot-on perfect ball. And he almost takes more plaudits than uh, Origi does for finishing it off. Yeah, I mean, and almost well-deserved. I mean, we yeah. saw... Origi today missed one clear <laughs> chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Origi, I was going to say, Origi couldn't miss that one, but he demonstrated how today. Yeah, I mean, that it is possible to miss those, even with, you know, when it's mm-hmm. served up on a silver platter. Yeah. Uh, but that that goal from Woodburn, though, I mean, first, you get that beautiful run and then back heel from Mane. Whoa. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you just get the perfect touch from Wijnaldum to just, I mean, Genie just knocks it up off his left foot, and Woodburn mm-hmm. just rockets it up into the top of the net. I mean, yeah, yep. baby. Uh, I like So that. calm. Yeah. Such a calm finish. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing I, I mean, also love is that he runs to the corner immediately and doesn't come up and like jump into the stands or anything. He comes back and turns around and celebrates with his teammates and everything as well. Yeah. And I think that is such a great part. But what's even better celebration from that is when Milner and Klopp are on the sidelines together and Milner is about to be subbed on and you see the two of them get more pumped up than anybody that Woodburn just scored. Uh-huh. I mean, they are just full fist pumping and everything. They just looked so excited at the fact that he scored. He's like 17 and a month as well. 17 years and a month. Yeah, shit. It's, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> I, I know, right? I'm just like, I'm happy with my, my career. And then I see him do that. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Not even close. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Oh, <laughs> he's got it. <laughs> yeah. I need I need to find that. Maybe I should just start kicking a ball a little more. Uh, yeah, perhaps. No, nah, just kidding. That probably wouldn't work for me. I'm better at talking about other people kicking balls. That's that's a little bit better for me. <laughs> what you mean? You're not going to break into a Liverpool team at this late age? Hey. Not that you're old, but I mean, what are you? 
I don't know. Whatever. That's it. Yeah, it's a little late. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Dreams can be true. Sorry, right? mate. Go. They haven't made goal four yet, have they? So you could probably star in that. <sighs> Why? I mean, come on. Goal was a great series besides the third one, by the way. I've watched the first one. It was all right. The second one was decent because then he goes to uh, Rayal and, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the, the the first one I hate, though, because it's it ends up being Newcastle versus Liverpool and then he, like, scores the winning goal versus Liverpool. Oh, I remember because that's what I was at Union um, in Newcastle at the time. I remember them filming it. I remember them, you know, inviting people to the crowd, paying them like fifty quid each to to sit in the crowd. And, that's so funny. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I didn't go, but sorry. Did you just throw <laughs> a pillow at your cat? Threw, yeah, because it was knocking the baubles off the Christmas tree. Wow, you're a cat yeah. guy now. I am a cat guy now. Yeah, the dog, the dog went departed. Ugh. And uh, now it's two cats. Two cats. Really, they're just not respecting the fact that we're doing a podcast right now. No, you got okay. You got to sit them down and talk to them next time. And make sure they know. Hey, this is podcast time. Oh, you sit in the say, corner nicely. I'm gonna run out of pillows in a minute. Cushions, whatever. Whatever they are. Yeah. You gotta throw your shoe next or something. That's true. I've got plenty to throw. Yeah, you just gotta be a little more creative. Creative, mm-hmm. you know, like the goals we've been scoring. That's a smooth transition. How about that, that was, one? That was mine fell apart before. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, you know, <laughs> playing smooth here, best performances of the match for you. I mean, mine. Of course, I think we're gonna agree on this one. I'd just like to say, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Woodburn, and Origi were my three best players in mm-hmm. the match. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I mean, agree. Yeah, and, and I'd, I'd add to that that 15-minute spell by Azaria, Azaria in the first half. Not a stand-up performer over the 90 minutes, but he, if he can spread those 15 minutes out and be more consistent throughout an entire match, then you know he's definitely got it coming. Yeah, he was fantastic. Oh yeah, but the thing is, he's still so young, and that's almost to be expected from a player of you know that age. Like you're saying, he is raw. He's got that talent, and Klopp is pulling that out of him. But it's a matter mm-hmm. of you know extending that for a longer period of time of being able to exactly. you know do what you know when Yaldum is doing now of you know having these games where he's never below a seven out of ten really. Right, Which and I was saying this last year. I mean, the main thing with young players is that they can perform, but they can't perform consistently. You know, they have their, they show their talent, they show their skill for a certain amount of time, but they don't know how to extend it for a long period. And I'm, I'm going to liken it to being an actor, which is what I am. Uh-huh. You know, you, people who don't train and don't learn how to do the job, they can pull out a great acting performance one night of a show, and then you know you've got to do this eight nights a week for nine months. And if you haven't trained, you haven't worked at it, you just can't do it and can't keep that same consistency unless you have the experience, which is the same with these footballers, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I guess moving on from there. By the way, Mignolet and goal uh, still scares me so much with his crew of turns. But, I mean, overall, he actually had a pretty solid turns. match. He did. And he has every game he's played in this season. Yeah. And, but... He's been playing in a more limited role and coming out when we need him. And when he has mm-hmm. played, he's actually kind of stepped up and, and done exactly yeah. what he needed to do. I mean, he yeah. hasn't kept... Uh, I don't think he's kept a clean sheet every time he's played. No, I don't think he has. Uh, but um, I don't think he's been at fault for any of the goals that he's conceded this year. Yeah, it's not like it's one of his where, you know, it's like, oh, he just totally messed up and they got a free goal because of that. Um, yeah, which he's had plenty of in the past. Yeah. 
He's definitely um, had enough of those, and that's where I've been a little more confident with Curry's this season until one mistake today that kind of cost yeah. the match. But overall, you know, we've our our goalkeeping position for me this year feels so much better. It's oh, it's definitely better. I don't think it's sorted. No, uh, I think it's better. And I've been. I mean, this has been a. I've definitely had a fair few conversations on the subreddit about this. This has been my uh, most frequent conversation. Um, I did not think that Mignolet should have been dropped when he was dropped. I still maintain that. Obviously, I mean, and we can say this about anything, it's all speculation from us. We don't know what's going on in training. We don't know what's happening off the pitch. We don't get to see that. But, um, and the counterpoint, which I'm getting constantly, is Mignolet's previous three years. Um, But he never had consistent and quality backup during that time. And now he does. He has someone breathing down his neck. In fact, now he's breathing down someone else's neck. Um, and we never really have been able to see what he's capable of when he's in danger of losing his position. And there's a lot of mental, um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a big mental aspect to being a goalkeeper. And um, and I think that's important to take in, take stock of. And I think when we've seen Mignolet this year, he's done a lot, especially with his positioning to crosses. And it's very visible and very obvious um, I think if this was going to be a competition between Carrius and between Mignolet, Mignolet hadn't done enough or hadn't done anything to lose his spot to Carrius when he did. I think Mignolet should have been allowed to either solidify himself in that position or to talk himself out of it before Carrius came in. Uh, and it will be very interesting to me to see how, after what Carrius did today, um, whether... Klopp sticks with him next week or whether that counts as whether the competition kicks in and Carrius loses his spot and has to begin to win it back and has to work harder and I think that benefits Carrius who long term I see as the more likely candidate for our um, goalkeeper Um, but I think it benefits that position as a whole now for this season Um, which as I said I don't think goalkeepers sorted yeah I, I totally agree with you on that I mean we saw today just how you know things could be different um but you know it's uh it is what it is i mean but let's kind of finish up this match now before we move on to anything else um kind of yeah. who, were your, who were your um worst kind of performances of the match for you kind of who struggled the most for you um stewart would be one of them i'd say um, talking about that that middle of the the field where I thought that we we looked like we were lacking a senior player. Stewart has played more than a lot of people play in that position, and I think that kind of fell on his shoulders in the middle of the park a little bit during this game. And I don't think he's quite ready for that yet. And I think he got showed up a little bit. Um, I mean, whether that's the tactics or whether that's him as a player, but I felt like uh, the middle we were Leeds had the better um, of the middle of the field during that game, uh, or at least during the first. 45 minutes 50 55 minutes of the game uh, and I think Stewart perhaps needed a little, little more help than he has done previously uh, and Mane as well I thought was exhausted um, and I think it showed or at least I mean and I've heard about this from Southampton fans that he spent large parts of last season almost anonymous and not playing up to the standard that he can play at and whether that's exhaustion or whether that's kind of complacency or arrogance or something mental, I'm not sure. But he wasn't the player we've seen from him in the past. Um, and playing around so many kids, he didn't set the example that perhaps Klopp would have wanted him to. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally agree on that. Um, 
After that match, though, I mean, we, we move on to the next round, uh, to the semifinals. Uh, kind of, what were your immediate feelings after that match? I mean, I'm delighted. We, we, we had to beat Leeds. I mean, Leeds are a, a long, age-old rival of ours, and it was important that we beat them in the first place. But um, we've seen now from Klopp uh, an ability to progress the team during uh, knockout competition. And, um, I mean, long may that continue. We, do, we just want to see some silverware under him. Any piece of silverware this year, and I'd be delighted. We get back into Europe, top four, I'd be delighted. But even the League Cup, I'd be happy with that. That shows progress, and that shows we're heading in the right direction, um, as do a lot of our performances this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you on that. Any any some sort of trophy he could bring in this year? I mean, granted, the League Cup would be probably the least significant out of all of them. However, Perhaps, yeah. it's still a trophy. It's still silver. It's something you can throw on a shelf and be, hey, we did yeah. something. It's guaranteed European football as well. Uh, yeah, the the League Cup isn't, isn't it? Is it's the FA Cup yeah, that's yeah, guaranteed, yeah. isn't it? No, I think with the League Cup you get Europa League. You might be right. Um, but <clears throat> moving on though, I mean the yeah the League Cup it's great and I love having just like I said earlier more football the better for me. Um, mm -hmm. And you know the the last thing I'd like to say is. Um, before we move on to the next match, is uh, from the post-match that a comment from user uh, Jaden Snow, and he said, uh, third consecutive clean sheet, must be dreaming, and that's where I'd like to throw out here, why the <laughs> hell did you say that? Oh my, like, <coughs> I put this yeah. I put this next game on you, man. Uh, Does this count as witch hunting? Yeah, <laughs> You're sending people to him? <laughs> I think so. He is out. He is. I mean, if anyone's at fault for us conceding four goals against Bournemouth, it's definitely user Jaden Snow, J A Y D E N S N O W. Um, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Here's to him. PMs, get ready for them PMs to fill up your box. Except here's, I don't even know if anybody would. I kind of hope somebody does, just so that <laughs> way, like, I can, I can be like, yes, I have <laughs> listeners. Um, <coughs> right. Somebody, somebody is, you know, mm. you know, not just having this on in the background while you know they're vacuuming their house, so they can't even hear it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the next match away at Burnmouth. I mean, what mm. a tiny little venue that is, but. Yeah. The, today yeah. they sounded like you know they were double the amount of people that were there because they were singing loud after they beat us four three. I mean we had seven goals in the match. Uh, first from Mane in the twentieth minute, and then Origi put us up two uh, nil at the end of the first half. Then in the twenty second or not at the end of the first half in the twenty second minute, and then we held that lead until the end of the first half. Yeah, and we dominated that first half. Oh completely. Yeah. I mean, and then Wilson comes on, or sorry, not Wilson comes on. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, why am I? Well, I came on. I came on. At, uh, I came time, on. That's correct. Um, um, but I'm trying to think of his name. The uh, I came on for King, and then Fraser came on for Stanislas, and Fraser changed the game. Fraser changed the game because then he draws that penalty. He's got a punchable face as well. He's got one of those. Yeah, he does. He really he drew, does. Yeah, he did draw that penalty, and it was a penalty, despite what a lot of people are saying. I also think that one in the first half, uh, that tackle from Firmino was a penalty. He made a lot of it, but I still think it was a foul anywhere else on the pitch. Uh, I think we got really lucky today to not um, to not give away two penalties. Yeah, I mean... I mean, we weren't lucky because we didn't get three points. We didn't get any points, but, um, you know... I think we should have been gone into uh, half time 
win two one. Well, you know, yeah, they, I, I, almost almost three one though with that Origi goal though. I mean, he he completely missed that, and if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, that was the first half. Um, yeah, and not just that, but Boric nearly uh, pulling it over the line from that corner. <laughs> what? That's mean, the tightest <laughs> margins yet. If we if we um, finish the season um, second by one point, we'll look back at that moment. I mean, even uh, the referee Bobby Lost was out there like, laughing at that, that his watch didn't go off with the goal line decision. He was looking out there like you can see the replays of him laughing and being like, whoa, like I cannot mm-hmm. believe that I don't have a buzz on my wrist right now. Yeah. But anyway, Wilson puts that penalty in the 56. And then Fraser, the guy who set up that penalty, scores in the 76th. He assists in the 78th minute. And then Ake scores in the 90th. I should not forget, though, Chan scoring in the 64th minute to put us up 3-1. I mean, that was yeah. a really great goal. I mean, there was I complained a lot last year about Chan and his shooting ability. Mm-hmm. You can tell there's been a little bit of work going on. I mean, yeah. that was a very clinical finish. Starts it outside the box and br- or outside the outside the post and brings it back in. I mean, that was really nice. And a nice assist by Mane as well. He, he really put it in the right position for him. Yeah. But it is nice to see. I think there's been a lot of work on finishing and taking shots at the edge of the box. Because that's really how we play. There's been a lot of goals that way this season. Pulled back from the byline to the edge of the box. Um, and I think that's something Klopp's focused on a lot. Lallana's really benefited from it too. He's really good at those. I mean, anytime he takes a shot now, I'm always, you know... Getting excited, mm-hmm. um, in that same, almost in that same way that I do when Coutinho takes a shot from outside. Because anytime he does, you always think something spectacular is going to come about. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's um, magic. Yeah, but I mean that that loss left a pretty bad taste in my mouth, and yeah. I guess that brings me to a comment from the post-match thread. Um, from Ooh, this dude, is a long one. Yeah, I mean I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce it, right, but I think it's user i i e v n i i e v n. But Evian? it's Evian. It's Evian, like the Evian? water, maybe. Evian. Oh, yes, Evian. Oh, yes. Are you going to do it, read it in an accent? Uh, no, you know me. You've made fun All of me right. enough <laughs> trying to do accents. Uh, but his comment was, Liverpool, the most complacent team in the Premier League. You can tell that the guys went in at halftime thinking the game was over. They came out in the second half with no energy, minimal effort, and got pegged back. Suddenly, there was a bit of energy until, uh, until Chan put us two goals clear again. Then the complacency kicked in, and they stopped giving a fuck. Stopped putting any energy in, and that's why Bournemouth won. This team's attitude uh, in the lead is fucking dreadful. That's why this team won't win in the league. You just can't fuck up like that. Apologize for language there, people, but it's in quotes. so <laughs> can't misread it. Yeah, um, you can't You can't misquote every end. No, I can't. That would be just disrespectful. But, um, you know, that it does sum up, you know the team in a decent way would you agree or disagree kind of what he's saying there i'd agree with the, yeah i'd absolutely agree we, we've seen this a few times even after the second goal uh from origi in the 22nd minute we sat back for a while we let them come on to us a little bit i don't know why we see that as an opportunity to rest perhaps you know um they see that as an opportunity to to you know get get more energy in their legs or they have confidence in the back four but Today, they should have been protecting that bat line. Any change that late before a match, especially when you see Lucas in there. And, you know, Lucas, he's, he's a good player. He's, a good, he's good at centre-half, but he isn't a centre-half. He's a defensive midfielder, makeshift centre-half. 
a ball-playing centre-half, if that's what you want. And I think that's what Klopp wants, and I think that's why he was there today. I think Klopp saw us having a lot of possession in this game, and uh, he thought Lucas would be able to do more with it than Clavin would. But we do sit back. We have a tendency to sit back when we've got a cushion. And uh, we've seen it a couple of times this year. Um, and it's, it's, I don't think it's acceptable. I don't, it's definitely not what Klopp wants. Um, and I don't see how he can fix it. I think the injuries played a part, obviously, with Matip and Lucas coming in. I think with Coutinho at the front. Yeah. Um, we just didn't have that same consistency as we have previously. Uh, but we also don't have the same depth. So we've got players playing week in, week out. Um, and when we do get a cushion, I do think it's their chance to rest their legs. And I mean, we already talk about Mane looking tired. Yeah. Um, so I think that is a concern that, you know, and that it could be complacency or it could just be them seeing it as an opportunity to not be closing down as hard as they can. Perhaps it's laziness. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, the thing when you're saying, though, that we do tend to sit back a little bit, I almost don't think it's that we're sitting back too much. It's that when we're getting forward a bit, we're leaving gaps in the midfield area almost that mm. these teams like Bournemouth did today where they exposed that, where they were able to get balls through the midfield so that way they were able to take on our back line a little bit more and have these balls that were played a little bit farther downfield. So they were able to break through our line very quickly when they did. Yeah, you're right. Actually, there's a lot of panic at the back sometimes, especially yeah. on the break. Teams, we, we do push up and we do... Actually, that might be what Evian's talking about with the complacency angle, that um, we do feel like we can score at will. Once we scored a couple of goals early on in the game or we get a few goals ahead, we feel like, oh, the next one's coming nice and easy. Um, and then we leave gaps at the back. We let them break on us and the back gets panicky easily. Less so with Matip there because he's able to... I don't, I don't know if it's his, his vocal, you know, telling people where to be and um, controlling that back line or what. But when we get under pressure at the back and teams do that to us, um, we seem to fall apart. We seem to be losing positions and we seem to get panicky, um, which is that's concerning, actually. And yeah. you're right. I think I think that might be due to complacency going forward. We can score when we want and just leaving gaps for teams to uh, to break on us. Yeah, I mean. Part of that, I think, is that Milner and Klein both do push so far forward, mm -hmm. which that has been a criticism out of Moreno in the past, but at the same time, I'd much rather have Milner there because when he is back, defensively, he is much more solid. Mm -hmm. And I think the balls that he plays in are better than Moreno's. Um, Agreed. But the, the problem the problem I see with Milner is that he, I still don't think he can get those, he doesn't have quick enough feet to get those two yards of separation from a, from the opposition player, the opposition fullback, to get the cross in. So the way he's been doing it, and he's been doing it really well, is to overlap cleverly and to get that first ball in early and to he's use his positioning, essentially, to get those crosses in. But that means he's advanced on the pitch and he does not have the energy or the speed to get back when the ball breaks the way it has been. Um so I think that's an element of it as well with Mil with Milner that he he can't snap away from a fullback and get a cross in. So he has to use other he has to use his experience and his guile and um, deep overlaps um, to to get the crosses in, and that that does leave us exposed a little bit at the back. Yeah, you know, and I know people get defensive about Milner, so I'm not shitting on Milner. I'm just saying that um, <laughs> that I think that is an issue that can be addressed in another way. 
perhaps. Yeah, I mean, and I think without Coutinho today, I think that showed for Milner a little bit because when Coutinho does have the ball, he draws a lot of attention. Yeah. And I think with that, he's clever enough to be able to play those balls and those overlap balls to Milner so that way he Mm -hmm. can get that separation, which has been really great for us. Then he has been able to play some good balls into the box. And I think without Coutinho, I think that does hurt Milner almost more than anybody else. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It does. But I guess Coutinho is a big loss. I mean, yeah. we've not touched on him, but he's a huge loss. It's really big. I uh, like the reason I haven't touched on it is almost because I don't want him because it just pains me almost. Mm-hmm. Because I love Coutinho. He is, you know, hands down the most talented player on our team. Uh, yeah. And anybody who argues that, I mean, I don't, I don't see any argument there. I think some people might argue that Daniel Sturridge on his day can be the most talented player. Uh, yeah. Which, on a day that he's healthy, you mean? On the yeah, exactly. You know, if he has a string of a couple of weeks, but hey, he's been healthy this season though. For yeah, but that's that's telling as well that the moment we need him to be healthy, he's not. And it's just unfortunate that it seems to line up with a time when we have a couple of attacking injuries. You know, when Lana was out and when uh, Coutinho was out. But you know, that's the problem with his persistent injuries. They can happen any time. They happen kind of arbitrarily. And then it can leave us with a bit of an issue going forward. Whereas he would have been an excellent replacement for uh, Coutinho. Yeah, I guess. I mean, not not in the same position, but at least for attacking fluidity and us as a threat. Yeah, he would have been. I guess with this loss, I think the the thing that we should be talking about is when we go up and we have a lead like we did. We had a three one lead. I mean, we had a two goal lead two different times in this match. Mm-hmm. What can we do differently so that way this sort of thing does not happen again where we have three unanswered goals and a team goes up for three on us then and you know how how can we protect a lead a little bit better So we go two goals up against Man City or uh, Chelsea or Arsenal what do you think Liverpool would do I mean I think we would sit back and defend and we are capable of that when we put our minds to it I think and I think this almost goes back to what Evian was saying that against a team like Bournemouth, we want to score them off the park. And there's absolutely no need to do that. Um, you know, Lovren's error, Carius's error, whatever, you can say that. But um, it, it can come down to complacency, I think. Why, why were we still... And I don't want Liverpool to just stop playing the way we do with pressing and controlling the game. But... Um, when we go 2-0 up, there's absolutely no need to try those clinical passes, those tight passes in the final third. We can keep the ball and wait for an opening, and we don't need to force it quite the way we do, which is what happens, and we lose the ball in the final third, and then we're completely under the cosh for no reason whatsoever. We're not playing smart, I don't think, and we would be against a team we consider more of a threat than Bournemouth, but I think we got cocky. We thought we could score six or seven, like we have done a few times this season. And uh, I think if we just play a little smarter, just play for the points rather than playing for the goals, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, to me, it seems like we need to add another dimension to our game. That we do Mm. have this ability to score at will. Nobody else in the Premier League can score like we do. And we've shown that. That's why we have the most goals in the Premier League. And there also needs to be this side of us. Because I think that when we play against these top teams, when we play against the Arsenals, when we play against the Cities, you know, they are going to try and attack at us. And for us, that almost favors us because we are so deadly on the counter. 
I mean, yeah. we're very yeah. good at that. But when we play against these sides that are these more mid-tier or even you know bottom level of the table clubs, that they tend to sit back on us a little bit more. I don't think Burnmouth quite did that as much today as we've seen in the past from other yeah. clubs um, of kind of you know parking I the bus as much as they had. We pushed them back in the first half. Yeah, I, I think, think we, we pushed forced them, back them to and do I think that. We gave them an opportunity. And I think second half, well, sorry, carry on. Yeah, but I think that, you know, there needs to be almost a, a little bit different mentality when we go into some of these games of, yes, in the first half, we are going to go out and we're going to play our football and we're going to control the game and, and play to our tempo and our style. But we need to also learn how to hold on to a lead and how to, you know, finish a game out comfortably. I yeah. think is the right word of, of to be able to have a comfortable three to one win because yeah, I, would, yeah. I would not mind having three one wins for the rest of the season. Huh. I mean, if we give huh. up a goal, you know, all right. But if we win three one, that's a two goal differential, which I mean, at the end of the season, the way it's looking right now, goal differential is going to be massive. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really is. I mean, you, you look at, you know, the top three teams right now, it's, it's nuts. The top four, really. It's, it's tight. It's very, I mean, points-wise, goal differential-wise, everything is just so tight. But we really need to learn how to to finish a match comfortably. And I think what Lovren, uh, what Lovren said in an interview earlier this week is that Liverpool are only at 85%. And yeah. I think that's almost true. Yeah, and I think that other 15%, uh, yeah, 15% <laughs> nice. is, uh, is just playing smart. Is intelligence on the pitch. I think we've got everything physically. I think we've got everything tactically. I think that extra 15% is in their heads and is in their brains. It's a bit of maturity, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that we haven't had this sort of run in a league with this whole uh, team since 13-14. And look at all the players in this squad that were not there. Yeah. I think the guys that were there at the time, I mean, you look at the Hendersons, you look at the Coutinho, mm-hmm. they they know how to do that a little bit more, I think, than some of the other guys that are a little more fresh into the squad, I guess you could yeah. say, from that time. Um, so it's going to be a big thing for us of learning how to do that a little bit better. Yeah. I think they know how to do it. I think it's a mental acuity. I think it's like, I think it's the approach. Um, it's You know, we see Klopp jumping around on the sidelines and then there is that kind of exuberance and that energy in the team. Perhaps, well, you can. I think I think we're right. I think we just need that smartness, that intelligence. And yeah. I'd, I'd stress that going for the points and not the goals. Yeah, making I, sure we have the points and not thinking that we're going to just score teams off the park. Yeah. we don't need to do that. We don't need to score six goals every every match. It's it's no. not necessary. And I think some of that comes down to Jurgen Klopp, who I mean, as everybody listening will know. We love Jurgen Klopp on this show, and I, uh-huh. I have the most confidence in him in the world. And no matter what I say, if I contradict anything he does, I'm never going to be right. Uh, he will always be right in my mind, whatever he does. He knows, I've said it before, he he will forget more about football in one day than I will ever learn in my entire life. And I think that holds yeah. true. And I think that brings me actually to a comment from the post-match thread um, from user Thapricorn. Uh, and uh, his comment was, I think Klopp made two crucial errors today. One, Lucas over Klavan was questionable going in, and the lack of presence in the box cost us two goals that they managed to just knock the ball down and have their way with. 
Two, Mane looked exhausted or even slightly hurt in the 40th, yet he doesn't come off till nearly the 70th. This has to be a complaint of Klopp time and time again, but he takes so long to make a change, if ever. Our players are going to die out there unless they get some relief. I thought personally that was, you know, a good comment that could yeah, spark a little bit more discussion. So I'm mm-hmm. going to bring it to his first point. Um, do you think Lucas over Klavan was the correct decision today? Uh, perhaps. I think I talked about it a little earlier. I think it's an interesting decision. I think it's one that that, that we have a right to discuss. Um, I think Lucas, I think obviously Klopp thought we were going to have a lot of possession in this game and Lucas can do more with it than Klavan at the back. Um, although Clavin's an excellent player he might not have had the world's best game against Leeds uh, he was alright but um, uh, I think Klopp thought that Lucas could do a little bit more with the ball than Clavin could I, I think something worth perhaps noting was later on in the game there was a, a, a large stretch of it especially in the last 20-30 minutes when Origi wasn't doing much could he have come off Clavin comes on Lucas pushes up to a defensive midfield role where he feels more comfortable and then that allows our front three or four to play a little um, better football and a little more with a little more fluidity and assurance than they were I mean Origi was a complete non-entity for a large section of the final uh, of the end of that game yeah and yeah I mean you could say that the goals really do change things I mean Chan didn't score until the 64th minute uh, Cook's goal on the 78th. It does complicate uh, substitutions when there's goals coming in at like 10 minute intervals, like they seem to be in this game. Yeah. But um, he, the writing was on the wall, really. At least from the 78th minute, we needed to allow our front players um, to play. Arigi wasn't contributing to any of that. Um, Clavin could have helped us um, push forward a little more. Yeah, with I, uh, I agree. Henderson further forward, Wijnaldum further forward, with um, uh, with Lucas being in that defensive mid- midfield role. Um, this is, I mean, food for thought. It's something I thought of after the game. <laughs> Perhaps Klopp, with the way he sets the team up, would think very differently. But yeah. um, I think Klavan had a role to play in this game. Yeah, um, I mean, and- I think the one point that should be thrown in there as well was that the common consensus from the Leeds match was that uh, Lucas played a little bit better than Klavan did. Even if you look at the um, the post-match survey of it, uh, Lucas mm-hmm. did have a higher rating in that than Klavan got. Um, yeah. And I think going in on form-wise, I think Lucas was the right choice, and especially with what you're saying of, you know, that Klopp probably did expect to have a little bit more possession and, and being having Lucas back there does provide us, you know, a different um, uh, a different dimension than, than Klavan can of of being able to be a little bit better with the passing and a little bit more intelligent in terms of being able to pick out the right pass and being able to move the ball forward a little bit better. But I totally agree with you on that. You know, maybe Klavan could have been brought on and let Lucas play a little bit, a little yeah. bit more forward and, you know, allow him to kind of take over, um, not almost take over, but play alongside uh, Henderson a little bit of playing a little bit deeper as well. And that would allow Wijnaldum and Lana to really be more forward when they were in as well and and allowing them to get farther forward, which maybe that could have helped Origi as well of having a little bit better service in him. But I agree with you that Origi yeah. was kind of dead almost. Yeah, he was perhaps there. the player that would come off for me. But yeah, no, I, I yeah, I agree. And But Lucas, he's not he's not a centre-half. No. He's a defensive midfield player. And I would always perhaps want the specialist centre-half in that position. I can see, although, yeah, I, I do agree Lucas had the better game uh, against Leeds. 
That was against Leeds, though. You know, it was it was a League Cup game against Leeds with kids all around him. Yeah. Um, and Clavin's had some great performances this year. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I I can't fall on either side of the aisle definitively, but there's just a lot of talking points there. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that takes us to a bit of almost January transfer talk because yeah, we are going to lose Mane, and we've been talking about how we've been lacking depth a little bit, and I think that kind of came into play a little bit in this match as well of, you know, you're looking for players when you have a bit of a lead that have, you know, a bit more maturity to them when, you know, we did have... Uh, Woodburn and Ijaria and Trent Alexander-Arnold all uh, on the sideline to be active for substitutes. Yeah. But is this necessarily the game that you want to bring them in? Uh, maybe not. So I guess that kind of takes us to a little bit of, all right, do we need to bring somebody else in? We're going to lose Mane, as I said. Yeah. So I guess that comes to the question of, do we need to add depth to the wide position? I mean, it was just announced that Quincy Promes, I believe I'm pronouncing his, right, uh, his name uh, right, uh, should be available in January because Spartak just signed Samadoff uh, as well. So that kind of points to some signs that, yeah, he might be available, but he still would cost around £25 million. Christian Pulisic yeah. is also still an option, as we've read some articles this past week, that, hey, even though Dortmund are saying, you know, piss off, don't don't even try, Liverpool are still saying, nah, 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 nah. we're Liverpool, we're still going to try and get the man we want. I mean, what do you think? Do how much of January do we really need to be active? And if we do, what uh, maybe not so much individual players what we need to bring in, but what positions do you think we need a little more cover for? Well, I think we need cover on the wings without a doubt. I think that the uh, injuries to the injury to Coutinho and Lana recently, uh, at least in our attacking kind of third, and they they move quite fluidly, so it's hard to really define a player in that area yeah. as we could. But and Mane looking absolutely knackered at the moment. I do think we need something up there, um, and I think with the way our season's going, the right. I, I hope we push for Europe, and I hope we at this point we should expect Europe next year. Um, so these players won't if they come in. They shouldn't be players. For the, this season, they should be players that can play a role next season with Europe and whatever. Um, that being said, our net spending this summer was hovering around zero. We, yeah. The players we sold, the players we brought in, we might have spent 30-something on uh, Mane, um, 20 on Wijnaldum. Um, but I think with all the sales, we hovered around zero. Um, yeah. Matip being a free, free. transfer. Uh, Klavan was $4 million, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Carius, I don't know what he was. I don't. Um, I don't even want to throw a number out because I don't want to be wrong. Because <laughs> I know somebody will comment and be like, "Hey, guess what? Found an error." Yeah. Uh, um, but you can comment and tell us what it was, or I could Google it, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't. You do pay a premium in January, but I think we we can afford to. I don't. You know, we 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 barely spent in the summer, all things told, between sales and purchases. So uh, I think we can afford to pay a premium for one or two players in the right position. A winger, that would really help us out, or at least someone who can move fluidly across the front three. Um, perhaps a right back. I mean, we don't know enough about Trent Alexander-Arnold to really see what what he's about. Looks like Sacco's on his way out, uh, rightfully so, by the looks of things. Um, so perhaps a centre-half? If we're talking about whether Lucas or Clavin was the right person for the position, a centre-half might be something worth discussing. Um, so yeah, I yeah. think we will be business done. Yeah, I want to say Carius though. I'm, I'm trying to Google it right now. I think it was around five million pounds. 
Yeah. Which, great price, by the way, for a goalkeeper. I think that was his release clause at uh, Mainz was 4.7 million pound. Um, I really hope he comes good for us. I, People, I, He's looked good, and he's had a lot of bright spots, and I think he's much better on the distribution than Mignolet is. He's a little bit quicker, um, yeah, which I think I like, we desperately needed uh, from Mignolet. Uh, last I like year his was, base positioning, too. Yes, I think um, we're seeing a little bit less of like the the scariness that you have from Mignolet, where Mignolet on his day is world-class and looks excellent yeah. and, and can make some of these unbelievable saves. However... Uh, sometimes he is really scary, but yeah. Carries I haven't had that as much from um of feeling mm-hmm. like oh you know this this is not great. I mean, and Carries last year was one of the best uh, goalkeepers in the Bundesliga. He was. He was. He was. He was in the team of the year for the Bundesliga. Yeah, I mean, Minule the season before he joined us was uh, was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I hate phenomenal. that word. Phenomenal. Yeah, Mignolet, the season before he joined us, was phenomenal. Car- um, Hart was talking at Christmas about how he's been, um, that season, was talking about how he's been player of the season so far, and he didn't put much of a foot wrong in the final five months of that season. So, I mean, Mignolet came to us highly regarded, and I think everyone on the sub was really excited about him. Um and everyone also likes to cite how De Gea was terrible for a year and stresses patience. And uh, we really should be patient with Carrius. I'm not saying we shouldn't be. Uh, it's barely been any games. Um, and Mignolet's really shown us what he is capable of in the last three years without competition. But um, people talk about De Gea for having patience with goalkeepers. That's that's really... It, it's all. I, I really push somebody to come up with a second example of something like that where a player is absolute a goalkeeper is absolute dross for an entire year and then comes good it's 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 like you know it's a lottery ticket almost yeah I mean, and we don't need somebody in a you know we don't need somebody who's going to come good in a year we're at a place now where we need somebody who's good now yeah you know and we can purchase that perhaps we just splash the cash on a goalkeeper you know why are we talking about developing goalkeepers? Oh, I'm See, worked up, Joey. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I like to preach patience like you were with Karius. I think that the guy's got all the talent in the world. I think that he really could be the future. And I, I think there's a reason that Klopp bought him. I, think, I don't think Klopp buys anybody without purpose or reason. We've seen it. Mane, great this season. Wijnaldum, excellent this season. I mean, Matip. I mean, that's transfer of the season almost right now, being on a yeah. free. That's it's it's incredible, and I think that you know he is Klopp's goalkeeper, and he fits the mold of what Klopp wants as a guy who is great on the distribution, and he has made some really really great saves. The problem is though, is that Liverpool are, uh, you know, a lot of people saying our defense is shaky. We have not allowed very many shots at all this season. And I think the thing is, though, is what some people sometimes lose is that other teams have to work very hard for their chances against us. The only chances they're getting are when they're springing through like they did today where, you know, our, our midfield gets a little too far forward and then we lose the ball in the final third and they're able to spring through and they have these, you know, chances where we only have two guys back necessarily or just our center halves are back. And then it's much easier for them to get a quality chance. And the chances that these teams are scoring on, for the most part, have been quality. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just, I don't know, like, I guess I would say that 
Karius, I have the faith in him, and I think he can be really great for us. I understand you thinking that, you know, maybe we do need to splash the cash on on somebody new, but he's only been here not even for half a season, and yeah. he already has the starting position. I'm not saying he won't, but I'm not, yeah, he's had, he has a starting position ahead of Mignolet, Simon Mignolet, you know, and that's, I'm just saying, I mean, and I agree with you, I think Carrius can be fantastic, and I think, you know, give him a year, and he could be one of the best, a year, maybe two, I don't know, whatever, he could be one of the best goalkeepers in the league, or he also could not be, and we have splashed the cash in other positions that have been problematic, we've bought Mane, we spent a lot of money on uh, Wijnaldum, and goalkeeper has been directly responsible for losing a lot of points last season. Mignolet lost us a lot of points last season. Carrius just lost us, well, one point because we were already there. Carrius has lost us a point today. And I'm not putting it all on one game, but I don't understand why we haven't maybe just bought a finished product. And there aren't many around Europe. They're hard to find, but yeah. why, why, why haven't we? I, I'd be interested in two goalkeepers next season if we were to buy again. Um, I'd be looking at Kasper Schmeichel because I don't think he's going to be satisfied with what Leicester do this year. Um, and I'd be looking at Joe Hart. Yeah, He's not coming, he's saying he's not coming back to Manchester City. And uh, I know Torino want to keep him, but I think he'll want to be in the Premier League. I think he'll want to show up Guardiola. And, and I think he'll want his best opportunity to continue being uh, England goalkeeper. And I think he's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Joe Hart's shown he's great. I mean... The guys won the league. Yeah, that's that's something. I mean, that's we start. we, we don't we that. don't have that. Um, we don't have anybody on our team that's done that. Um, uh, Milner. Yeah. Milner. Milner. <laughs> yeah. Put him in keep. Uh, he's done it. But I don't know. I guess. Yeah, we we do need to. I think buy a player or two in January that are quality. Yeah. Not just future, like you're saying. Of you know, he has the potential, but. A guy that yeah. already is the finished product, like you said, yeah. of, of somebody who can come into the uh, the team and not have to take much time to get you know acclimated to this new squad and and be able to come in and make a difference really and be a contributor to the team. Yeah, I mean we're we're at a point now where we're not looking at being a quality team in a year's time. We're a quality team now, and we just need to confirm it. We need players who are going to confirm it and add to it, not that we're going to help us in a little bit. Let yeah. Gerard deal with that. Yeah, exactly. Let him bring the new boys up. Um, but going back just to the end of this match, just to finish that up, uh, top performers of the match for you, Chris, in the match today? Uh, pass. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll go then. I thought Emery Chan was great. Um, I thought his goal showed a lot of work that he's done. The guy has been left out of the squad uh, for a good part of this season and not ha does not have yeah. nearly as many minutes as he had last season. But when he came in today, I thought he looked really good. Um, yeah, I thought he enough. was able to close down on the ball very well uh, and that he did offer us a little bit more in the uh, in the final third, and, and he got the goal, which was well-deserved. Um, so I thought he was great. I thought Origi in the first half was great. Uh, like you said, though, he did fall asleep in the second, so that's definitely mentionable to be said. Yeah. The same thing with Mane. Just fell, fell yeah, perhaps he fell asleep. Perhaps he was just also exhausted or out of options or out of... Yeah, I don't know if he fell asleep so much as just 
frustration, exhaustion, um, and inability to run those lanes anymore, or there was not much coming through behind him. Him as a player, just I don't. What he provides as a player, perhaps, was not what the rest of the team needed to break through uh, Bournemouth at that moment. Yeah. Um, or he was asleep. One or the other. Yeah. Um, I also thought when Mane did have energy, I thought he was great. Um, he was able to push forward pretty well and be able to get in behind and, and, and did some good stuff out there. But like we said before, he just did look dead around like the 40th minute. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's he's played a lot of minutes. And a guy like him who does use his pace so much and has to use so much energy, I don't think he can do that, you know, week in, week out when you have these League Cup games. And then especially when we have the FA Cup, you know, starting to – come up more now too where you know we're gonna have a lot more fixtures and a lot more matches coming up um so i think that's gonna have to be you know really looked at and especially like we were saying before you know january could be the time where we handle that problem a bit more um but now uh i guess you know worst performances of the match I, i bet you'll have something to say about that uh yeah i suppose so i mean i think lovren uh made a critical error on one of the goals um that's worth talking about uh, Lucas, I don't know. I don't think he was terrible, but he certainly didn't contribute what I'd want from him. Carius, that spill really was should have held onto the ball. I mean, yeah, I mean the ball came through a lot of bodies, but regardless of that, he should be making. I mean, it was regulation. It didn't bounce into his body. It came right to his chest, pretty much. Yeah, uh, it was a nice height. He should be holding onto it. I mean, that he should was be poor. able to fall down on that one pretty easily and be able to control that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, the entire back line, really. Milner did well going forward, I thought. Yeah. Um, but that's what comes from, I think, disturbing the back line so close to a, the um, kickoff of a game. Losing Lucas, uh, losing Matip and bringing in Lucas, I think, was a big loss in this game. Yeah, um, Matip's been wonderful. Well, I mean, there's lots of stats today. They're talking about how we've, we've not lost with him in the lineup, yeah. and the times we have lost. I think it was something like we've conceded nine goals in 10 games or 11 games with him in the team. And in the three games, he's not played for us or something. I'm vaguely getting it right. Look at the front page of the subreddit. Uh, We've conceded nine in the three games that he's not played in. That says an awful lot. I think that says a lot about our depth at centre-half as well. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to argue with anything you just said. I think I agree with everything you just said. and that match, I'd love to just put it behind us and be able to move forward into... Yeah, and I think they will. They did yeah. that with Burnley. So. Yeah, and I mean, now we've got a week until our next match, next Sunday, uh, at home, which is great, back at Anfield. Uh, we're playing yep. West Ham, a uh-huh. team that looks so much different than last year. Uh, yeah. I mean, last year, they looked very dangerous no matter who they played. And now, this year, I mean, their league form, loss, draw, loss, draw, loss. Yeah. They've I been mean, poor. And I mean, you look at the game on, on Saturday, yesterday from now when we're recording it, they were dismantled by Arsenal. Uh-huh. I mean, Alexi Sanchez, you got to give a lot of credit to him there because he looked phenomenal. I mean, yeah. the guy looked so, so good. Like, he's one of the, the top players in the league, which he is right now. Um, yeah, he is. And But I guess, you know, what, what can we expect from West Ham, Chris? Not much, I don't think. I mean, they're pretty poor, aren't they? Um, yeah. They've not really shown much this year. I think, um, I mean, Winston Reid had a decent game, as did uh, uh, Masuaku, uh, which I think he'll be uh, um, 
He'll be looking to... Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's maybe those are the two players, the only two players who can come out of that game yesterday against Arsenal with um, with a little bit of respect for themselves. Um, what's his face? Og Bonner. He was awful. They're, in fact, they're, they're back three, regard, other than um, Reed yesterday. Um, well, actually, only two of them then. Uh, Collins <laughs> yeah. and... Um, Oh wait, Collins came off early, didn't he? I think so. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of that. Um, I think you're right, though, because then they also had former Lower came on. Yeah, former Red. He was on there. Yeah, and he played all right, actually. Yeah, he was. I mean, what would you expect from a former Red? Come on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But I mean, and going forward, Fletcher was abysmal. Uh, Payat wasn't his usual self, and he hasn't been this year at all, really. No. Uh, neither is Mark Noble, who really did put in a good stint last year. Um, yeah, he was um, he was poor. I don't know. I just don't think much of this West Ham team this year. Um, and Darren Randolph in goal, uh, Adrian on the bench at the moment. Uh, I don't know. Just West Ham. Are, there's not much from them. Yeah. I can't really. To be honest, I've not watched them that much. I've read about them every morning after their game and read about their games uh, in the paper. But um, I've not watched them because I haven't wanted to. It's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I only catch kind of glimpses of their matches because for me, whenever I'm watching, of course I'm going to watch every single Liverpool match. Um, but, you know, when I wake up on Saturdays and Sundays and I'll throw on, you know, NBC Sports over here in the States and uh, watch some of that, for most of the time I'm, I'm doing other things as well and I'm not quite paying full attention so I catch glimpses of every match, and, and I see a little bit. Um, I mean, at least Big Andy, you know, former record uh-huh. transfer for Liverpool, he got the goal. Um, yeah, good for Which him. was set up from the free kick. I think it was Payet that took it, right? And he hit off yeah. the crossbar, and Carroll was in the right spot. So, yeah, he got he got a goal that uh, deserved. I mean, he's, he was subbed on as well. I think Bilic is under a lot of pressure at the moment, too. Yeah. I think we really, they'll be looking to bounce back, and so will we, which I think will make for a really interesting and good game next week. Yeah. But I think, you know... Bilic is, Bilic is, he could be the next manager uh, on their way out. Yeah, him or Jose. Um, <laughs> but, you know, one can only hope. But um, I guess, you know, what? how can we expect them to play against us? Is it kind of going to be what we've seen from a lot of other teams that are at the bottom of the table of playing sitting back more? Or do we think that West Ham, with the way they are now, I mean, they need points. They, I believe, they, are like yeah. 17th in the league now. Well, Billich came out this week and said they're in a relegation dogfight, which I think is true. And they need points, and there'll be there'll be a lot of eyes on them to respond, which is going to be hard for them away at Liverpool. They will look to defend, but they like to play a back three, and we like to play a lot of fast play on the wings and passing it around. I think we'll easily, hopefully, God, hopefully, get behind them, and I think we'll be able to really take advantage of the way they like to line up. Yeah, I'm sure, Billich will play with it. I think he needs to do something new, but the way West Ham. Have been this year. I think they really play into our hands. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Predicted lineup for you. Assume that Matt Teep is back because I think it was just a knock right before the game that. Yeah. You know, had to be taken care of. Uh. Coutinho will be out. Uh. Mane should be fine. I haven't heard of any real talk. I think he was just you know beat and so tired. Do we know how close Sturridge is to being back? Uh. I off the top of my head, I don't, but I think close. Yeah, well, should he be fit? I think he should start um, up front. Um, I mean, the usual back four, Milner, Matip, Lovren, Klein. Um, Henderson obviously gets a start. Uh, okay, I've got to make sure I don't do too many players here. 
Henderson, Chan, uh, Firmino, Lalana should start hopefully next week. Yeah, Chan, one, two, four, five. Mini lane goal for me. All right. Shocked silence. Uh, yeah, mini lane goal. Milner left back. Uh, Matip, uh, Lovren, Klein. And then, God, I'm just going to lose count of the players. But I think Henderson deserves a start. Chan deserves a start. Lilana, if he's fit, should definitely start along with uh, Mane. I don't think, I mean, he needs a rest, but this is not the time for him to be doing so. Um, and if he does take a rest, uh, then I think Sturridge, if he's fit, should um, replace him. Um, and Origi should retain his place. I'm sure I'm missing out some players, Wijnaldum, Firmino. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're the, they're the main things. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'll start at the back. I think Karius is back in. I don't think he's getting pulled. Uh, I don't think he is either, but I'd like him to be. Yeah, well, that's where we differ. Uh, see, people, enough. me and Chris aren't the exact same people. We differ on some <laughs> stuff. But the back line for me is the same. I mean, you know, uh, Milner, Mati, Lovren, and Klein all in the back four. Uh, Henderson, uh, the man in the middle. I think Wijnaldum needs to start. I think um, mm. it'll be a, a good discussion between Chan or Lalana, but I think Lalana should start. I think Chan should come in later once we have a bit of a lead, hopefully, uh, to be able to have a little bit more presence and control of that lead. I think he'd be great for that, um, to mm-hmm. offer us a little bit bigger presence in the midfield. Um, I think Firmino needs to start. I think... Uh, so, see, it's hard to keep count when you're just doing it. Well, <laughs> then, then, then the only two left uh, would be striker and the right wing. But I, I'm not a big fan of Firmino playing on the left, to tell you the truth. I would almost no, rather fair. have Mane play on the left and Sturridge in on the right, even though I know he doesn't prefer it. But it's like he did in the 13-14 season for so much of that season where he played on the right and Suarez was in the middle and Sterling on the left. I think yeah. if we bring him back into that role and have him play technically right wing but be able to drift farther inside so that way he can get his left foot on shots on the goal, I think that'd yeah. be great. And having uh, either Firmino or Origi in the middle would be great. I think it'd be better for Sturridge to have Origi than Firmino. Actually, mm, I don't know. I think Firmino could be better for Sturridge because then he could have passes into Sturridge a little bit better yeah. than I think uh, Origi can. And having Origi come on you know, around the 60th minute uh, and provided... Sturridge likes to play for, play to feet as well. And yeah. I think that would that would be more beneficial with Firmino up there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So I, I guess I would say I would love to see Mane on the left. I don't know how comfortable he is with that. And then Firmino in the middle and Sturridge on the right. Or, yeah. you know, even Origi could play on the right. He's done that before and he's he has done. decent, oh. you know, when he's done that. Um, he did that before he even came here, actually. Um he played that way when he was. Uh, was it was it Lille? He was at. Yeah, when he was at Lille. Thank you. I was gonna. Say, I forgot what it was. A French club. Uh, so thank you. Um, no problem. And he did that there as well, because I remember watching tapes from him when uh, he first was transferred here and seeing, oh, this guy's got you know plenty to his game. Great. But now he's put on more weight. You know, and he's gotten much stronger and more physical, so he can play in that middle much better. And like you said, he does well with balls yeah. being played a little higher to him as well, much better than Firmino does, I think. Um, 
But I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, that's that's a great talk actually to be able to have. Is that oh wow, who are we going to play? I think last yeah. season we didn't have that talk as much, where we knew each week almost who would be in and who would be out. Um, True. And actually, it'd be interesting to to, to begin uh, beginning next week's uh, podcast, so we'll know who did start. Yeah. Have to look back on what we discussed now to see uh, to see whether we were right or wrong. Yeah, I got to. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be right. I'm going to be wrong about Minule starting. Carius is going to start. But um, I'm all for that competition at goalkeeper. I think that's important, which is why I say that. Um, I'd love for Carrius to lose his spot, and I think he has the the wherewithal as a player to fight for it back. Uh, and I wish he'd had to fight for it at the start of the season. Um, I just think that's important to the two of them. And you know what? I want to see how Minilay's responded uh, to having a fight for his position as well. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, that from last season to this season... The way we're going to be talking about matches before in this podcast is going to be great. You know, you and I might need to have a competition on this season of predicting lineups each week and, and have a, a little running tally. That could be yeah, fun. Yeah, I'm up for fun. that. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's do, do that. that. Let's do that. I'm going to make notes All of right. our lineups after after we finish this, and we're going, to, we're going to start keeping track. Mine probably has about nine players in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it all out. Well, if I was going to be serious, I'd say that Carius is going to start because I think he is. Yeah. But... I'd like to see Migs. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, what's nice for us now is we only have to do one match preview because last season we'd always have to do two because we'd have Europa yeah, League Europa. And, and then a league and then, you know, a cup as well. And wow. Yeah, we'll it's, get it's... busy over Christmas, won't we? Yeah. I'm back in Liverpool over Christmas, so I might do a bit of reporting from Anfield. Hey, there we go. Yeah, that's nice, what I like it? to hear. Um, gosh, I got to get out there. That's That's got to be one of my goals for this season is to get there. Um but anyway, I guess that concludes our talk of, of Liverpool football for for this podcast. So I would say, listeners, all you guys out there, um, hopefully we somebody's listening. Uh, if you guys want to be on the podcast, uh, make you know a comment on uh, either the post on the Our Liverpool FC subreddit or just on the main uh, subreddit on the Liverpool FC subreddit, whichever one. If you want to be in it, or message myself or Chris, either one of us, Plastic Moldsman, uh, message him. Uh, plastic. Wow, what a joy it is to be back doing this with you again. You know what? I've really enjoyed it. I do enjoy doing these. And people will find that if they, you know, if they message us and they want to join the two of us and uh, talk about Liverpool Football Club, they'll find out how fun it is to just talk about the club and uh, bounce the ideas off each other. Yeah, I mean, it's so fun. And with that, I mean, anybody listening, if you want to get involved at all. Please do not hesitate to contact either of us. I mean, or there's also contacting us uh, on our email, ourliverpoolfc at gmail.com. Any way you want to contact us, personal message on Reddit, just a comment, uh, email. We even have the Facebook page, our Liverpool FC uh, Facebook page, uh, whatever it is. Make sure you give it a like on there as well. Listen. Subscribe should to stress us on... it's our Liverpool FC. Yeah. O U R Liverpool O-U-R. FC. O U R. Thank you. Uh, some confusion there sometimes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, give us a like. Um, you know, we would appreciate anything. Tell your friends. Uh, tell your grandma. Whatever. Uh, She'll love it. Yeah. I mean, they're the best, aren't they? Um, tell her to bake us cookies and send them too. That'd be great. Um, uh huh. I'll take any cookies. Uh, chocolate chip is what I prefer, by the way. Just so you know. Um, White chocolate for me. Ooh, what a guy. Um, But anyway, that concludes our podcast. Uh, 
we will be on next week and uh, try to do weekly for the rest of this season now that we're back. Um, so look for more of us. Uh, and, yeah, this has been the Our Liverpool FC podcast. I've been your host, Joey, a.k.a. Micro Pichetta, with my wonderful partner, Chris Plastic Moldsman, the wonderful moderator of our subreddit. Got to also mention Felbridge, uh, who is part of our team. Uh, please join the team if you want. Uh, you know, just message us on, you know, what you can contribute and in whatever way possible. We'd love that. Also, if you own a business and want to have some advertising on our podcast, let us know. Uh, we would love to have a partnership with, you know, whoever and whatever. So let us know and we can get into contact with that. Uh, and yeah, I guess that's it for the week. Chris, anything left to add? No, just thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we're going to be nice and consistent this season of the remainder of the season. And uh, hopefully we have some loyal listeners. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Everybody has been listening and uh, we'll see you next week.